Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wigellett, and I'm joined once again, second time on the pod? Second time on the pod. John Church is in the house again. What's up, John? What's going on, Nick? Good to be back. Had such a great time the first time. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the only one I knew. Well, I'm sure there was more, but the only one I talked to this last weekend that saw the movie that we're going to be talking about for the entertainment section. Oh. So it was a required to have you on. Yes. Can we talk about Black Panther, please? <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting for days to talk about this movie. It was it was that good. In about 35 minutes, we can. Sounds good. <laughs> I know I know the packing order by now. So Yeah, I almost changed it up this week because I really wanted to talk about politics, but I decided let's warm up to it so I can get angry. Mm. Um, I think that's wise. For It was a terrible week for America. But um, let's talk about what we're drinking tonight, John, because it is your favorite beer. Oh, yes. Atwater Vanilla Java Porter. Thank you, sir. Uh, this, this is, uh, as much as I love Dirty Blonde, this is absolutely my favorite to come out of Atwater. It's just, I could drink this all day, every day, morning, yeah, afternoon, night. It <laughs> just, it hits the spot. I'm sure Can't say enough most of our it. listeners are familiar with it. It is a porter. It's probably the most famous beer out of, besides Dirty Blonde, maybe, out of uh, Atwater. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely top two. 5% alcohol by volume, 13 IBUs. Still not sure what that means. Mm-hmm. It is a malt beverage brewed with coffee beans with natural flavor added, vanilla bean extract. And I've never been a big fan of porters, but uh, they're slowly growing on me. And I haven't had this one in a long time, actually. Just give so. it time. You know, it, perhaps it'll grow on you. Maybe not. But this is a good one. And uh, the coffee aftertaste is very subtle. And it, it, it just hits the spot. Well, let's open them up. Let's do it. And pour them into our fancy Game of Thrones Indeed, style this glasses. Indeed, uh, this is not a beer to drink out of the bottle. You absolutely got to get a glass on this I, one. I figured that. It's the first time uh, for me drinking out of a glass in this podcast, I think. Oh, boy, it looks rich. Indeed. This would probably be good in, like, a ice cream float or something. That's a good call. Oh, I actually nailed the poor job. That's, Look at that. Uh, Look at that. Oh, if you guys can see this. It's a thing of beauty. Cheers. Cheers, Matt. It is it is very good. Never gets old. Uh, you know, it's also a porter, though, so. <laughs> Not Nick's favorite, but uh, I appreciate you humoring me. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I just need to drink them a lot more because I didn't used to like IPAs at first, but then I just started drinking them a lot more, and now they're all i really want to ever drink that's the thing um i have tried i'm with you on that i've tried a few lately that have started to change my opinion on ipa so yeah i remember back in my youth when it was hard to drink bud light oh boy those were the days (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's just how beer works Um, give it time was there is there any kind of beer you don't like i still am not crazy about ipas um But there, there have been a few that lately have started to change my opinion. Uh, I don't go for for Bud Light or oh, or, yeah, well, or Miller. That's only and, like trying to get drunk beer. Yeah. That's, that, oh, maybe that's why you don't, you never have those kind of kegs at your parties. See, that's the thing. You know, <laughs> we, my housemates and I, we went in on this. Uh, we said we want to be the house that gets good kegs. That yeah, was well. that wanted to be. We wanted that to be one of our calling cards. So. We did Dirty Blonde. We did. Um, did you do this? Soft Parade. Oh, Soft Parade. That's the other one. Soft Parade's a dangerous beer. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> yeah. 
uh yeah shout out to brian nyson i i had these beers he brought me over from like he gets some like once in a long time they were like coated with wax at the top so they were hard to open Ooh. but they were 14 percent. oh i had man. two of them and then didn't remember where i went to sleep and was like <laughs> what the fuck's going on <laughs> you found a keeper if that's uh if, if with two beers will do that yeah yeah no i that's too dangerous especially for me i mean i drink three during my podcast and <laughs> I couldn't imagine if we did a split six with those. Let's just talk about politics now. <laughs> Dad, I'll just black out during the politics section. <laughs> it's like drinking like I'd half like a bottle it. of vodka. <laughs> I'd like to see it. Well, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Yes, indeed, we do. And we're about to dive into our first segment once this drop plays. Beer number one. Sport. All right. Uh, so we're entering the time of the year where sports are getting more and more boring, but fear not, they are not yet. The Red Wings made a big trade this week. Yes, Correct? Was did. that yesterday? Yesterday night. Yesterday. We're recording this on a Tuesday, uh, the 20th. So yesterday being the 19th, the Red Wings traded away Peter Mrazek, everyone's favorite goalie. Who for a time in the beginning looked like might be their goalie of the future. Clearly not, though, because he's obviously not one of Ken Holland's guys. And the Red Wings have no future as well. No, they don't. <laughs> um, Stand, what did they man. get back from? Like two third-round draft picks? Or they, I heard they were both conditional. I, yes, I think it's a fourth-round pick, and it could become a third-round pick if Philadelphia makes the playoffs or something like that. Uh, bottom line, a few years ago, not the kind of return you would have expected for pre- Peter Morazic. Yeah, um, well— uh, we weren't going to keep him anyway because we weren't going to tender his contract next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm always an advocate for, you know, just trade him away if you're not going to win. Let's get something Who for knows? him. Who uh, knows? Uh, back in the day, you know, you, you would f- maybe have some, spin some magic, get a Pavel Datsuk late in the draft or uh, yeah. Henrik Zetterberg. The Wings did this. And back that's when who- the Wings were the only ones like searching for that kind of mm-hmm. talent. They could they could find these gems and that's why in spite of, you know, cuz this when they started drafting those guys, they were they'd been a good team for a while, mm-hmm. making the, you know, the cup finals and always being on top. And yet they found the hidden gems, which is why they were able to sustain success and then after about 2008-2009 they stopped doing that and yeah. 10 years later here we are. I think it's more like they didn't stop doing that. It's just other people started doing that and we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't have any other tricks to pull. And it's the salary cap era now, so that that was the worst thing that happened to Wings in yeah. the last twenty years because they had to play by the same rules as everyone else. You know, you'll never see a situation where Iserman and Shanahan take pay cuts just so the Wings can go yeah. out and get Brett Hall and Hasek and, and Robitaille or Federer was there mm-hmm. before, but um, but yeah. Uh, so you know, I say good move by the Wings. I'm sure Mike Green's going to be traded soon. I would permitting think. he waves his no trade clause, which I'm sure he will. Why would he want to stay here? Right, unless he really loves the new arena. But come on, don't don't screw. You can us come like back that. and visit. Yeah. I, I would think he'd want to <laughs> be jettisoned elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, the Red Wings have a shit ton of draft picks. Uh, I think the next draft even, and and then they acquired more for the following Good. years too. They, so exactly you know, if you can't need. if you can't draft the secret prospects. Just draft a shit ton of them, and hopefully a few of them pan out. You throw enough shit at the fan, eventually something will stick. That's the expression, and that's that's all they can hope for at this point. As Sam Hinkie once said, trust the process. Though he actually never they, actually they, said that. But <laughs> the wings need to begin the process. Yes, begin the process. Let's we we've 
thankfully been spoiled Wings fans. Yes. I, I, 25 years, they gave me everything a fan could ever ask for. It was yep. it was a thing of beauty. I, I still cherish those memories. But now they're paying for it. You have to pay the piper eventually. And yep. they are definitely in uh, on the downslope of uh, a dynasty. Yeah, but quite phenomenal run. Bear, I don't give credit where it's due. But uh, time to look ahead. Yep. All right. Moving on. So it seems this uh, MLB free agent fiasco is over. It's finally clearing up and the hot stove is burning. That's good to see. J.D. Martinez was signed by the Boston Red Sox. Good for him. Good for him. It's a five-year, $110 million deal. It's actually front-loaded to where he's an opt-out after the second year. But in advance of that, uh, that opt-out, he gets $50 million. So it amounts to he's basically guaranteed two years, $50 million. And then he can hit the, the open market again if he so pleases. Oh, to be a baseball player. Those contracts right. are insane. I still say NHLs are, are slightly more insane. Um, forget, uh, well, who is it? Uh, Franzen was on, what, like, what, a nine- or ten-year deal or something insane like that. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I'm not familiar that I much think, with the NHL mm-hmm. deals. I think baseball is is what is getting wise on this though, and that is why the hot stove was um, cold for as long as it was. Um, teams buying more into analytics and seeing how these long term contracts work out. Uh, Albert Pujols and Albert Albatross. Albert, Albert Trust. <laughs> Albert Trust. <laughs> An Albatross contract now for the Angels. Uh, Miggy, love you. Uh, one of the best players they ever put on the Old English D. But the Tigers, they're probably regretting that contract right now. They would be regretting Prince Fielder's contract if Dombr- Dave Dombrowski was a yeah. genius and wasn't able to get rid of it in exchange for Ian Kinsler. So, so I think D- Dave Dombrowski, he was the one that signed J.D. Martinez. Martinez. He brought back one of his guys to uh, to Boston. And Boston's going to be formidable. And I think it's a big move for them to answer what the Yankees have done this year because um, – yeah, the Yankees. J- JD was nearly as good as Giancarlo last year. JD Martinez actually posted the highest slugging percentage last season of any player since Barry Bonds, which is pretty insane to wow. think about. So, so you, so you're saying good move by Dave Dombrowski? Yes, yes. Uh, Opt outs are always a good idea um, in the in the long run for a team in Boston's position with the resources they have. I seriously doubt they're going to grow to regret a two year, fifty million dollar commitment. Yeah. It, 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 which is what it will become if he decides to test the market in two years. Yeah. Well, so then let me ask you this. Um, were you a Dave Dabrowski fan when he was in Detroit? Yes. Were you yes. upset we got rid of him? Or were you thinking oh. it was time? He was let. He should not have been let go. Um, I was openly critical about some aspects of his Is general that- manager style. Uh, he never committed to the bullpen especially, the, and yeah. this is a growing and growing trend, with teams shortening the loads for starting pitchers to where 180 is the new 200. No one ever, no, no, barely anyone pitches 200 innings in a season anymore because teams are going to the bullpen because all, basically all research from analytics has shown that starting pitchers grow more hittable the more times they go through our lineup. So it makes sense to get them out of there sooner or just as soon as it becomes a high leverage situation and you can go to a guy in the bullpen who's throwing 100 miles an hour with a wipeout slider. It just makes sense. Um, And Dombrowski never committed to that in Detroit, and it showed up in the playoffs on more than one occasion. Yeah, It's a big reason why 
as good a run as the Tigers had from 2011 through 2014. They never won at all. Yeah, doesn't that really bum you out? We didn't win it. Not that I yeah, care I about mean, baseball, but you know, I want to see all my home teams win a sport. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. On one hand, I can look back and I'll, I'll be able to look back on it finally. I got to watch two Hall of Famers, Miguel Cabrera and Justin Verlander, who will eventually be in Cooperstown, and that that's special, you know. Well, not and, everyone. And I mean, Scherzer probably would be in Cooperstown. You think? He was kind of a late bloomer, but people talk about awards and accolades and um, black fun is how they call it. You know, black fun is. If someone leads the league in something, you know, on their baseball reference page, it's put in black that they they dominate. And he's had a hell of a run since 2013 when he won his first Cy Young Award. When those two no hitters for Washington, so even if Max doesn't make the Hall of Fame, and I hope he does, I love the Max. um, He's he's a player who'll be remembered certainly. All right. Wow, that is all the baseball talk you'll get for this year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or until next time, I'm on. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, so. Uh, anything else? Anyone other free agents signed for the MLB before we move on? Or yes, uh, Eric Hosmer signed with the San Diego Padres. He was with the Royals. So, I'll tell big. you what, it's good to be the Indians right now. Oh, uh, okay. They because they're in the, the same tw- division. Yes, the Twins are the only team that present any kind of challenge. The Tigers, the Royals, and the White Sox will all probably lose at least ninety games. Yeah, uh, let's keep losing, Tigers. We need to lose keep for just a couple years. Stockpile the oh. talent. Speaking of the Tigers, uh, I've, I've read something about people being in uproar about the jersey change. The jersey change, yes. So what that is, is not everyone even notices. It's actually pretty subtle. But as subtle as it is, it's kind of inexplicable that the Tigers have used two Old English Ds. Uh-huh. Okay. Pardon me. So there's one with a rounded, smoother design, and there's one more... Like the one on the hat. The one on the hat. Different. The one on the hat has not matched the one on the insignia on the jersey. And up. all they have done is gotten the two to match. Okay, so which one do they pick? They picked the how, how best so, to even describe it. The, the one from the hats. The one from the, the hats. Older, the one that looks older, yes. but maybe isn't. Well, now yes. Well, that will now adorn the jerseys as well. I, I I'm not crazy about it. Just because I'm kind of a traditionalist in the sense, and I think honestly, I think the Tigers have the home whites. It's the best uniform in baseball. You know, no disrespect to the Yankees. The Dodgers are great jerseys. I've always loved the Oakland A's. Um, Wait, white and gold one or green, white and gold. But the Tigers' home uniform is just perfect, and they are tinkering with it. Okay, wait. So I I am actually confused. Um, can you see my screen? Yes. That's is that's is this the old one? I think that's the old one, Wikipedia. And we'll imagine that Wikipedia doesn't have something right. Okay, wait, hold on, what's this? I believe that's it, yes. If you look at, they've got the pictures oh, of Norris here. Okay, so, oh my God, people are in uproar about this. They're it's... in uproar about that. Now, I'm not crazy about it. I'd rather leave it the way it is, just because, like I said, I, I just think it's an impeccable jersey, but... Yeah, I did hear that you, there's a couple uniforms in the MLB you don't mess with, and the Tigers is one of them. Yes, yes. it's It's been basically unchanged since... It's, it's crazy to think about Miguel Cabrera wearing essentially the same uniform that Ty Cobb did. Okay, yeah. So, what I will say from uh, my perspective... The new logo looks better. The old one looks a little cluttered and a little too fat. This one looks a little more sleek. Still old English. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
better spacing in between the fatness of the D. Bottom line, it's it's the ultimate symbol of Detroit. People will always, whether it's that design or the other, they see that, they know it's Detroit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not any other fucking Ds like Dallas or Denver. Fuck you guys. Detroit got it right. Detroit got it right. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, let's see. Uh, wait, anything else with baseball before I move on? That's basically it. Martinez signed, Hosmer signed. Uh, since the last time we talked, Darvish signed with the Cubs. So, so all the so that whole free agent thing's over. Basically? Most of, most of the Jake Arrieta is still out there, but most of the major free agents have signed now, which is good because it was uh, it was becoming a, uh, a tedious storyline. Yeah, it was becoming almost collusion esque. Tony Clark said as much or intimated as such. So it's good that you know the guys are starting finally starting to get paid. All right. Uh, did you watch the NBA All-Star Game? I did not, but I watched the highlights and heard about it. Well, I think I heard about Fergie more than anything. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Fergie had quite the national anthem. Um, you know. You know what? It's, it's, it's one in a long line. A lot of people have botched the anthem over the years. What, what are you going to do? You can either sing the anthem amazingly and be remembered for it, or sing it terribly and be remembered for it, or sing it just okay and be forgotten. Precisely. So, you know, at least Fergie got people talking about it and there talking about the MLB All-Star, or NBA All- exactly. All-Star game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did not watch, but uh, was Team LeBron one? I have no idea because I do not care about that shit. <laughs> I, I think I think Team LeBron won. I heard it was a closer game than normal. Uh, because 148 was... to 145. Wow, that, that's... Well, I mean, and it's also lower scoring than normal, <laughs> believe it or not. Something like that. That's <laughs> That is hard to believe. But, but uh, the ex- I think the important thing is in terms of relating it to Detroit sports is there's those three competitions, the skills challenge, the three-point contest, and the dunk contest. The skills challenge winner was Spencer Dinwiddie, someone who used to be on the Pistons that we cut. Now mm-hmm. he's thriving in the, for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, but, you know, whatever. I mean, he's not like a super great player or anything, but he'd be nice, be nice to, to have. have for, and a team in the Pistons situation can't afford to miss on diamonds in the rough like that. Right. And the other two was uh, the dunk contest winner was Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Some The person drafted right after Luke Kennard, who the Pistons drafted last oh, year. Oh, boy. Even though, from all accounts, Donovan Mitchell had one of the best workouts for Detroit and barely missed a shot. So that's kind of you do one. Oh, you do wonder was Kennard's um, exhibition really that good? If Mitchell hit on everything, yeah. did everything right, and what still wasn't good enough? No, I, my guess is that Stan Van Gundy saw a role for Kennard as an off the bench scorer, and that's what he needed. And Mitchell was didn't more fit of a versatile well. dynamic. Play. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Um, it's hard. It's hard sense. to tap into his head and know, know exactly <laughs> what he's thinking. But it seems he missed on one there. Yeah, and then the winner of the dunk contest or the three point contest by record fashion, I believe the a record setting performance was Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns, who we passed up to draft Stanley Johnson for. Mm. See, that's the thing. That's that's why the Pistons are where they are. It's. They haven't had great draft picks, but and that's why it's been that's basically why. ten years now since they were relevant. But you have to. There are late gems to be found later in the rounds, and they 
pass up on these guys sometimes by one slot and that right. that always hurts and especially if they have great workouts for you and you know i mean in basketball more importantly than probably well i mean football actually i don't know this is this is probably what you should do in any sport is strictly take the best player available Yes. Like, it might be more important in basketball, but you should do that in any sport. I think that's generally a good idea. I was you trying know, to make the argument for football, but I mean, maybe the, you don't take a quarterback. If, if you have Tom Brady right. or Drew Brees I mean, or something like that. Patriots take Garoppolo, turn him into more picks, you know. There you go. It's just from a uh, being able to parlay that asset, you know, mm. into something greater. Right. It, ma- it makes more sense. Packers Absolutely. take Aaron Rodgers in like the 20th of the first round. Four years later, they're still the same right where they were. That or, That is the book on how you do it. They had him, they kept him, and... They groomed him. They groomed him, and they turned the page seamlessly. Yep. From Favre to Rodgers, it's, and that's why they've been yep. the class of the NFC North for a while now. Probably ever. <laughs> Pretty much ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the Pistons are not drafting well with Stan Van Gundy. They're on, well, they just won a game before the Mm all-star break, but they've been on a, quite the losing streak after a winning streak and quite frankly, an uphill battle Mm -hmm. to make the playoffs. They're going to have to beat the process to get there. Exactly. And, um, and I don't think they have this year. Here's the thing, at least with the Blake Griffin trade, people were, I'd it had been some time since I saw that many people on Facebook talking about the Pistons. Um, some NBA analysts are really skewering them for it. They think yeah. it could really backfire. And it could, given Griffin's history of injury. But mm-hmm. if nothing else, I mean, it, I'm an admitted Fairweather Pistons fan. I, it, it hasn't been the same since, you know, the the, 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 the days of... Chauncey and Rip and Tayshawn and the Wallaces. Ah, those but were days. Those those were good days, man. But ever since then, they they have just crumbled, and it's been sad to watch. So at least Griffin is a jolt. It's it gives some it gives the fan base something to feel good about if it works out, which it it did for a while. There, when they were on like a five or six game winning yeah, streak. Yeah, the something thing like with that, that winning streak, they were playing a bunch of teams. They were off okay, back never to back road road uh, games <laughs> never mind that. but so the real test is going to be coming up because i think they play the raptors the um celtics that's the and... that's the crucible that's what they have to pass but he's a high profile player a talented player but he just can't stay healthy to this point so hope i hope that works out because that could be quite the building block for them with him right. and drummond yeah honestly i'm not even i'm not worried about the, his health at all i think blake Griffin's a fine player but like I said about the Tigers and like I said about the Red Wings, there comes a time where you just got to start sucking and drafting well. And, and they haven't done it. Uh, Stan Van Gundy's been pretty good at staying pretty sucky, but not super sucky. It's and the worst. pretty terrible at drafting. It's the worst position to be in in sports. You just you cannot be stuck in neutral. Either you are all in or you are all out, completely right. trusting the process. I mean, honestly, the only way the Pistons are going to become a championship contender is if they sign LeBron James. In the off seasons, which they're not gonna do. No. Um. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Especially not like the only way I could think they would sign LeBron James is if he's leaving Cleveland. I don't believe he's going to the West because he's not gonna go to a team he can't win on, unless he's gonna go to the Golden, Golden State. State. Um. But I really just gonna throw that away. Um. And 
then he could, if he's going somewhere in the East, he would probably go to like the 76ers and he would not go to the Celtics. Maybe the Raptors, but that doesn't make that much sense. Pistons would be like, they're like, I think by Vegas, they're ranked six to lay on LeBron, which, you know, probably only Cleveland, Golden State, and LA have even a chance. Maybe. Right. But that's the only way we could possibly win a championship. If I were in his shoes, I'm just, I'm looking to do whatever I can to, um, his, his legacy is pretty well cemented, mm-hmm. LeBron's, but on, on that note, like, I would think, you know, going out west has its pitfalls running into the running into the, you know, the machine that is Golden State, but wouldn't bring Yeah, not even But them. go to the but go to the Lakers and bring them back to glory. One of the along yeah. with the Celtics, those are the NBA's two marquee franchises to bring them back to glory. I just can't see him going to play with Lonzo Ball and where mm-hmm. that's where IT4 just went. And they did not get along. I can't. I just can't see. All Fair that. enough. And then you know he he signs with the Lakers and Lavar starts going off about yeah, how Lonzo's no. better. You know who wants to hear that? No, we can't have that. He won't have that. <laughs> and the, he don't win with the Lakers because no, the Knicks. No, fuck the Knicks. The Knicks suck too. They they suck. But that isn't at the point. You know, Madison Square Garden hopping again. You know, another one of the NBA's premier franchises. Hell, the Pistons are one of the NBA's premier. Historic, hey, historic franchise. Six. So you know, maybe that's maybe he's the part of the next chapter, but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't see I him mean, coming here. I doubt it. It is, it is a uh, definitely just a pipe dream. But that's the only way that Pistons can get back into having a chance to win a championship. With, they're they're, they're like yeah. two superstars away without they're either the best player in the world, LeBron James, or two other superstars away from being able to compete like that. Mm-hmm. So. So what do you think? Do you think the Pistons are going to make the playoffs? They're a few games back right now, and there's not many games left. Who's in? Who's in eighth? Is it uh, Philly? Philly? I don't think so. I think they have a bit of an uphill climb. Probably finishing ninth, agonizingly close, but not quite there. Yeah. So then we lose our draft pick unless we somehow lottery into the top four, and which they've had no luck with. Yeah. That I mean, if we somehow get a lottery pick in the top top three or three picks oh man well then this that, trade's amazing yes because we get one of the best players coming out and well i mean you'll see what stan van gundy takes if that happens because he's not going that's the thing it's, it's it's one thing to have the pick but you have to nail the pick you right. have to hit on it so only time will tell i suppose did you hear about this the nba is considering and most likely is going to change its playoff format soon i've heard about this what exactly it entails i'm not sure so please uh Okay, so currently right now, it's like every other playoff of every major sports. There's an East bracket and a Mm -hmm. West bracket. What they want to do is make the brackets combined, basically. So there is still eight teams coming out of the East and eight teams coming out of the West, but they're seeded one through 16. And so, like, no matter whatever your record is, that's where you fit into the bracket. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think that would make, like, I mean, let me see if I can find one. But like, for example, let's say the three t- the three teams with the best record are all in the West. Those are going to be the top three seeds, mm-hmm. and you know, then the so it's still going to be equally coming out of each conference, but it's going to be seeded more appropriately, so you can have a better chance of getting the two best teams to play in the finals rather than Cleveland versus Golden State every year. Well, it's no surprise that this is now in the conversation, seeing as how we've had. 
three straight years of Cleveland Golden State. And the people at ESPN can say it all they want. You know, they can talk about how this is reminiscent of the Lakers or the Celtics or whatever. I am still vehemently on the other side. I don't think there's any way this is good for the NBA. No. Uh, You're not not a fan of this dynasty stuff? No. If... it's, it's providing no incentive for me to get back into it. You know, cause it's, if you're not a fan of Golden State or Cleveland, or I mean, maybe yeah. I know Boston's made some strides. San Antonio has, San Antonio is basically the Red Wings of the NBA. They've just been quietly amazing for 20 years now. Yeah. Um, but if you're not a fan of Cleveland or Golden State, like what's the point? Right. I mean, the NBA, the thing, the difference with the NBA than other sports, it's it's more geared to younger crowds who are more prone to be fans of players rather than teams. That's the thing. That's that's a good point. Because, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of Steph Curry, and I've been rooting for Golden State for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Then they get Kevin Durant, and I'm kind of slowing my roll on that because it's just not fair. It's too cheap. <laughs> like, I mean, I liked it when it was... I like when the Warriors were good before they landed this major free agent. And when Durant was with Oklahoma City, and yeah. they're alleged, well, I think I like they're, the, they're yeah, still I like pretty them. well for themselves with well, yeah, Westbrook. They, they landed two other major free agents. Mm-hmm. They got they traded for Paul George, and they and traded Mello. for Carmelo Anthony. Um, I don't know if Carmelo's even doing anything over there, but mm-hmm. Paul George, of course, one of the best players in the league, along with one of the probably the best point guard in the league, Russell Westbrook. Indeed. But uh, I would take it a step further, and I, I'd say top 16 teams, period. To hell with that whole eight from the West, eight from the East thing. The only problem um, with that, I think, that I've heard concerns of is that it eliminates any incentive for winning your division. Fair enough. Fair enough. Basically, where, where I come from with that, though, is just it, it seems anything that can be done to enhance the drama and the mm-hmm. intrigue of the NBA playoffs, I am all for because of the four— it it just seems that it is the most predictable, is the most set oh, in stone. Yeah. I mean, well, three three weeks I mean, ago. Can you really can, can you really say that? I mean, the NFL has had on the AFC side. There's only been like four different quarterbacks that have played in the last two decades. That's true. But on on that note, three weeks ago, I'm on here like I don't see uh, the Eagles having a chance. Yeah. What yeah. what happens? The Eagles win the Super Bowl. Um, and bottom line, you know, whatever domination of whatever conference, it's one game in the NFL playoffs. That alone brings right, that, huge variability right. into it. MLB playoffs, complete crapshoot. Having the best record doesn't mean shit. Um, Astros had a worse record than the Dodgers. They beat them. The Tiger, the mm-hmm. Tigers, when they lost the 2006 World Series, they won 12 more games in the regular season than the Cardinals, and they got their asses kicked. It wasn't even... Yeah. MLB playoffs, complete crapshoot. NHL playoffs... 16 yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. the Wings were, I believe, the one seed. They ran into uh, the, the, the mighty Ducks. the Anaheim Ducks, and Jean-Sebastien Jaguer stood on his head for four games, and the eight seed swept the one seed. Or maybe it was the seven and the two. I don't know. But right. NHL, you run to a hot hot goalie, anything can happen. Yeah, like, like uh, I don't know, what was it, five years ago when Jonathan Quick and the, the Los D- Angeles... Yeah, the uh, uh, the Kings. Kings. The they Kings came, were were eighth seed. They were an eighth seed last year. Nashville eighth seed. Mm-hmm. A- a- anything. And the only NBA. Nothing like here's that. Here's the thing. You know what sticks, right what, sticks with, yeah. what sticks with me most. You know from back when I really followed the NBA. You know the glory days of the Pistons. What I still remember to this day was 2007 when Golden State beat Dallas. That was a huge deal. 
the the, um, the Mavericks won 67 games that year. They were the unquestioned class of the NBA that year. And um, Golden State made a mid a mid season trade. They got Stephen Jackson and Al Harrington, and they and they 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 wound up going 42 and 40. I want to say, and they beat the one seed. That was, oh wow, that's probably yeah. like the only time that's happened. That was a huge deal. They had Snoop Dogg at at the uh, at the <laughs> arena. They had Kate Hudson. They had people jumping on their bandwagon, and it for an eight seed to beat the one seed because you, you never have that. Yeah, now now you will up. see you will see a two seed beat a one seed. I know the Pistons were the two seed when they beat the Heat. The Heat were the two seed when when they beat the Pistons the year after that. Um, but generally, it just seems like the top teams are always. If not the one seed, the two seed is going to be in the NBA Finals. And anything that can be done to up the drama and the intrigue, I'm all for. That's right. And the NBA, I believe, has the least amount of eighth seed upsets. Exactly. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, so there was 1994, the Nuggets upset the Sonics. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait. Why is it only the next one? Okay, hold on. Hmm. NBA Encyclopedia failing you. NBA Encyclopedia. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, right but yeah, honestly, the, the only one that comes to mind is is Golden State over over Dallas, and then Orlando almost did it to Detroit, and that was when T Mac was still with the Magic, and he was like, because the Magic were up three games to one on the Pistons, and it finally feels good to get out of the first round, and then the Pistons won the next three games to yeah eliminate him i was at that game seven actually oh really that was a great time oh, i've never been to a playoff basketball game that that was the only playoff basketball game i've, I've only been, been to one but... playoff game and it was the red wings of course because you know they were in the playoffs basically your entire life up until last time the lions hosted a playoff game was like a week before i was born <laughs> <laughs> and you know i've cursed them ever since <laughs> <laughs> But that's you know, sh- that's a shame. Man. Since I was born, the Red Wings hadn't missed the playoffs until last year. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's, it's bound to by, turn around by, soon. You would think so. I, honestly, you, this is how dark things are for Detroit sports right now. If I had to pick among the four who's going to win uh, a championship next, just based off history and what they've done, I, I do have to pick the Wings. But that starts with getting rid of Ken Holland. Okay, come on. You got to pick the Lions. What's wrong with you? I, I, I know, I know, right I know. Your now. boy Patricia is there. Patricia's here, and, and we you, still got Stafford. We got, we have a much Tate more talented and, defense than the Patriots had last year, and we got the Patriots' defensive guy. And the Patriots finished top five in scoring defense. Okay, okay, you're, uh, you're, you're throwing some facts at me, and I, and I like Just it. Just need a running game, and we'll be, we'll be set. You think so? Okay. Yeah, and, I want us to sign Doug Martin. By the way, for, he was cut. For everything I've said about Green Bay, they're not going to do it forever. Um. Aaron Rodgers Ma- is fragile. Yes. I'll move on. Beer number two, entertainment. Finally, the segment we've all been waiting for. Oh, yes. I cannot wait for this. Um, okay. Should we start with this or should we end with this? Because, I mean, there's not, other, there's not much else to talk about in uh, entertainment. Not really. Not not that comes to mind immediately. So I'm fine with starting with it. And we'll all right, just let's start with it, it and we'll split it together, guys. Black Panther opened this weekend. Uh, the new Marvel movie featuring an almost entirely black cast. One of the first times that's ever happened, unless it's like a Tyler Perry shitty movie. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what did you think, Jen? I absolutely loved it. 
Seriously, if you haven't seen it yet, it came out four days ago. What the fuck are you doing? Make plans and believe the hype. That's it's basically the, the gist of it. Believe the hype. It was that good. All right. Yeah. So let's because it was so recently, let's try not to spoil it. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be minor things we're going to spoil, but, you know, just, just talk split, about, you it's know, a split six podcast. We tend to spoil stuff. But we're not going to ruin it for you because mm-hmm. it's unruinable. It, it, yes, but there is now. I'm a very firm believer in there is a there is a time period for spoiling. And if this podcast were happening like a month from now, I'd be like, "Fuck you! You haven't seen it yet? Yeah, I'll spoil it." But yeah. because it was only four days ago, we'll keep it to ourselves. But seriously, it was four days ago. Go see it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was hard to see. I tried to buy tickets on mm-hmm. uh, uh, Saturday morning, and I couldn't get any. I'd imagine. Um, you know, because I just wanted to reserve mm-hmm. my seats, but we ended up going to Phoenix, and they were, we were just got there early, plenty of seats. What but, what night did you go? Uh, we went Sunday at ten o'clock ah, in the morning. So we went we went Friday night. My my posse oh, and gosh. I. We, when we, did you buy tickets? Like a month ago? <laughs> three days before. So that okay. was that was good. But my posse and I were smart and bought before. We couldn't even all sit together because it was that packed. Because the film had. I think it's the biggest debut in February ever. And, yeah. and one of the greatest... Deadpool for yes. biggest President's, mm-hmm. President's Day weekend debut. And one of the most impressive debuts, period, in film history. Yep. Beat, mm-hmm. It beat Star Wars, I believe. I just saw it today. Mm-hmm. And, and well-deserved. Must deservingly. I would say it was probably better than the new Star Wars. Yes. Yes. Um, unrelated things, but I... This is the... F- this, I, I, I've been waiting for days to talk about this movie. I loved it that much. And I'm glad you brought up Tyler Perry because, you know, Tyler, let's be, let's be clear, Tyler Perry does not make good movies. But here's the thing. We have not had a film like this with a predominantly black, black cast done by a black director that is unequivocally, proudly black. And for it to do this well and um, break the barriers it has, set the precedent it has, it's it's... It's a fine film on its own, but you have to talk about the social ramifications yeah. and social impact, and it's it's very real. And kudos to everyone involved because they have proven that a film can be um, so overtly black. And you, you know what? People will go see it because it's 2018, and right, and you, we can make films like this. The people will go see a movie if it's a good movie, like. I mean, exactly. I mean, well, especially in terms of an action superhero movie, like it's just got to be good. Exactly. People around even the globe, because one of the things with this, one of the concerns for this movie is that this, is that black doesn't sell across the globe. Is one of the network execs con- concerns. With mm-hmm. it. But it's opening great everywhere around around the world. Exactly, and that that goes out to the people involved, the advertising campaign, generally. Um, Superhero films in general have been very profitable, but you, you do have to imagine there was a considerable amount of pressure. And I think uh, Chadwick oh, Boseman yeah. even talked about this, how, how much pressure he felt to on, on behalf of black people everywhere to, to make a good film. And, and hats off to all of them because they, they nailed it. They knocked it out of the park. Yep, they all did great. Uh, I mean, it was probably... I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, ranking movies is kind of silly, but I'm trying to rank it with with Marvel in the, in the Marvel, scheme of the MCU, Marvel universe. It's top three for sure. There's two. It's there's two above it that I can't decide if I like. Right, what are, what or are not. your uh, What are your two there? So Logan and Days of Future Past. I don't think I don't think those are MCU. 
I, I, I want to say those are... Well, it is Marvel. It's not... I guess it's not in the universe, but they are Got Marvel it. movies. Okay. So if, it's, if, we're, if we're talking... Just because the X-Men aren't like involved in any of the Fair Avengers enough. stuff, but they're both run by the same comic, but they were mm-hmm. owned by like... One was owned by Fox, one was owned by Disney. Yeah. Um, so I, then if that's the case, then yeah, let's put Black Panther up there. But now that I remember Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, okay. From, from that's me, where the line is. They're, they're pretty equal, but Guardians of the Galaxy is like a lot different. For me, in the realm of the MCU, uh, Black Panther is second only to the first Guardians, which I loved. It was great, but uh, I'll put Black Panther right up there. Right. And it, th- the thing with Black Panther is this is actually an important movie in terms of... From a social aspect, yeah. absolutely. Guardians of the Galaxy and, is just a silly movie thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> movie. Movies are supposed to be fun, and, and, and Guardians was great fun. You know, Black Panther was great fun. Yeah. For, from yeah. Uh, the... the um, it's just what a great exercise in world building, the way they brought Wakanda to life. Mm-hmm. A feast for the eyes. Um, that the, first, the opening sequence was, I really liked that. Yes. There are two uh, shots in the movie that I just uh, really loved. Um, I got, I got you, one for you, but what you, were yours? I wonder if you can think of it. Mm-hmm. Let me see, let's hear yours, see if we're the same. All right, so, so I love the shot where Killmonger uh, assumes a throne and he's walking up to it and they do the 180 degree That's spin. exactly what I was thinking of. That was awesome. High five. Yeah, that, that was, um, my eyes were glued to the screen. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, but for, for anyone, uh, you know, there's a shot where it's upside down, turns, the camera turns all 180 degrees back normal, and it just makes you feel. It was awesome. Makes, makes the world go crazy. Indeed. What was your other one? Uh, the opening one. That was, yes. Mm-hmm. The opening sequence, it's like a, uh, I don't know, some kind of an animation. Mm-hmm. It, it just looks cool. Like, uh, like Beautiful. Like a lot of sand. The production design, the cinematography, especially in that sequence and um, the the ancestral plane sequences, for that reason, it's it's one of those, there are still some movies, and this is why I don't think, I, I'll be very sad if movie theaters die off. There are some movies that need to be seen on a screen that big, and Black Panther is one of them. I wouldn't go that far. Well, did you see it in 3D? I did not see it in 3D. Okay, me neither. Uh, I, there I draw the line. 3D has never done anything for me. I think the last film I saw in 3D <laughs> was Avatar. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I've seen a lot more after that, but I've been done with 3D. Yeah, it, it, I don't need stupid glasses to enhance the the, the viewing experience. Yeah. You want me to, you want, next step, give me a movie in VR, and then I'll try that out. See what that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> That'd be something else. But um, for me, I... I this being a Killmonger, I got to give huge props to Michael B. Jordan. Um, the cast as a whole is just terrific. Uh, Chadwick Boseman nails um, Black Panther. He's a presence to behold. Yeah, I, I apologize um, to everyone that I may have said this before on the podcast. It was Chadwick Boseman, right? Boseman. Not, not Idris Elba like I thought for some reason. <laughs> Another great actor. He's not in he, the movie. <laughs> he, he, he's a little too old for the role, but Idris Elba is the man. Um, Idris Elba. I just have a strange attraction yeah. towards that man. He is mm-hmm. like so beautiful. But anyways, go on. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Lupita Nyong'o uh, rightfully hailed as the cinematic treasure oh, she is. She is super beautiful. Uh, yes, she is. And ever since, I mean, she debuted with 13 Years a Slave. 12 um, Years a Slave. Tw- wow. 12 Years a Slave, um, hit the ground running and hasn't looked back since. Gosh, she um, was so good in 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. And uh, damn, what's... a sad performance. But... Oh my... Is it Letitia... The, the... Wait, what? The, uh, who plays Michonne? his sister? Mich- I, 
Here's the thing. I didn't know it was Michonne the whole time because oh, okay. I don't watch Walking Dead anymore. But she was great in it too. Uh, Danny uh, Guerra. She, she was awesome. But Michael B. Jordan, man, um, when he's on screen as Killmonger, just, it, and everything he's been in, just sparks fly. You, 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 electrifying. You can't take your eyes off him. He, he he brims with the magnetism and confidence of a young Denzel Washington. You know, you see, here's here's my thing with him. I really liked him, like like how you're talking about him in the, the first half of the movie. Second half, though, I kind of started to not buy it so much. Was it too over the top for you, or uh... just it, it was? It had more to do with the writing than it did with his mm. portrayal of the character. But like, it just got a, the, try not to reveal spoilers, but it just got a little bit too intense, and it felt like he, like the character, was pushed too far towards mm. the dark side. Than well, the I think, actual character's reputation should have mm, should have been. I think I think the character needed to go there um, because, as it turns out, well, mm, I'll, I won't go all there. You know, I might reveal stuff about the end. But as it turns out, it, it goes to show that you know there is some truth to what Killmonger is saying. There is there is some. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there, on, in that note, he's he's one of the most sympathetic villains. Um, Marvel has ever had. Yeah, and it and it directly ties towards issues in the black community too. Exactly. Which is another which I was like very like happy to see this in this movie that it wasn't just, you know, a movie with a black cast. It was a movie that also took the time to address some black issues. Exactly. And that's what and that's what set it apart from uh I, I know there was there was a, a stupid little meme going around on Facebook. Um, you know, uh, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, well, Black Panther is the first uh, black superhero movie, and then they show Wesley Snipes in Blade. Bitch, please, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but 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 Blade never resonated on a social level that right. Black Panther clearly is. It's not. It's not that this is and, the first black superhero movie. It's the first movie with an all black cast. Yes, yeah. that has characters that mm-hmm. people can or, look up to that look like them. Exactly. I I don't know if you saw the interview. Uh, Chadwick Boseman was doing a, a press, pardon me, a press interview and talking about these two young black kids who had terminal cancer. And uh, he, he was uh, in in correspondence with them throughout the making of the film. And he talked about, you know, th- they said, well, we just want to hang on as long as we can to see this movie. And yeah, going through that, you know, and, and you know, yeah. you've got terminal, uh, terminal cancer patients just ho- ho- hoping to see this film because it means that much to them to see someone who looks like them as as the hero, as the star of the film. Right, man. this hero, the supporting cast. Oh, if that doesn't warm your heart. The bad guy, everything, like, you know. Yeah, Th- this film. I mean, if it does, if that doesn't inspire you, how 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 much ice do you have in your veins? It's right, inspiring They're, stuff. The only two white, like white lead actors, I think the credited actors. I mean, they were more white people, mm-hmm. of course, but but. There is Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. At the first time I've ever seen Andy Serkis, actually, not being like a Gollum or a, or a, the Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's actually bigger done... than I thought he was. I thought yes, he was he like a little slingy guy, but no. He's actually, he's actually uh, done quite a bit since his star rose with uh, Lord of the Rings. But <laughs> speaking of which, that is pretty funny. Do you see um, the meme to where uh, the only two credited white <laughs> actors are Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman, who played Gollum and... Uh, Gollum and Bilbo, they're mm-hmm. the Tolkien white cast. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. Andy Serkis, uh, to be pointed out, did a fucking great job. Yes, you did. 
Yes, he did in in a performance people aren't going to talk about, but he he was he was a terrific villain in a, in his yeah. own right. Mm-hmm. Killmonger, uh, Michael B. Jordan stole the show for me, but Andy Circus did a terrific job as well. Yeah, uh, you know, and so this is all leading up to the next Avengers movie, which, which will be here in less than three months now. Um, and just from this, because Martin Freeman's in it, and in the Avengers movie. Um, fucking Sherlock. Who plays Sherlock? Benedict Cumberbatch. He plays Doctor Strange. Strange. I really, really hope they get a scene together. That and would it's be... just like some kind of a call out to the fans of that. That would be awesome. Just that like be one awesome. little tiny scene. That, please, yeah. not, please o- not only would that be Sherlock and Watson, that's also Bilbo and Smog. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great if they could just somehow mm-hmm. somehow bring that together when this comes through. Indeed. Hey, um, so something I heard that I didn't know about this movie was the Black Panthers. It, this can be revealed because it happened in another Marvel movie, but mm-hmm. apparently his dad died in another movie. Yes, uh, I. It's obviously been that long since I saw Civil War because I don't remember. Is that this. when it happened? I would think it, Civil War was when Black Panther debuted, so maybe it happened there. It's. I, I need to I need to rewatch Civil War. Civil War is, for me, the big four in Marvel movies right so far: Guardians, uh-huh. Guardians One, Black Panther, First Iron Man, and Civil War. Civil War was terrific, but I clearly need to rewatch it because I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, that they they um, and flashbacks can really take away from a film and be just way too um, expositional, but they did it well. It was just in the oh, beginning yeah. of the film to set the tone and and make sure you you knew this very important part of the character's backstory. Because if his dad doesn't die, he doesn't become king. So they right. had to throw it in there. But and and Civil War was two three years ago, so it's good to remind the audiences of where the character is coming from. Yeah. No, another thing about this this story is like it's not it's not a origin story. No. Like no. in terms of how you become the black panther it's or 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 the story of this guy becoming mm-hmm. king of his of his people no it's it's but very focused in in the present and what, his responsibilities and and it's necessary for the film because all the responsibility lies on his shoulders and then a character like killmonger comes along and questions everything he's mm-hmm. ever learned about his home country and the way and Wakanda it's legitimate too. Yes, and the way Wakanda has carried itself on the world stage, uh hiding in plain sight, as mm-hmm. they say in that uh that opening. Um so it's important for him to be in that position when someone comes along and challenges his his worldview basically. Right. So like my only gripes with the film were, like I said, something with Michael B. Jordan's character Towards the end. Towards the end, when like you know, uh, I'm trying to say is that really anything? When he's like, he just gets a little over the top, and you know, it has to do with fire. Uh, that part was fucking dumb. I don't. I I, th- I feel like that would just be just a ridiculous character move for him. Doesn't seem like anything like he's been before. Yeah, maybe it came a bit out of left field, but and I, I still say you know they they had to cement because. Because he's making such sense and is such and is on a level a very relatable character, he has to do outlandish, villainous shit to where you know you still are rooting for Black Panther. You still want this guy to fall, right? Um, but I mean, they had like this. They had this thing brewing there where like I don't even. I'm not really. Sure, I'm not a talented enough writer to have came up with a convincing ending from that. But mm-hmm. if they could have, oh man, 
that could have been monumental. But they yes. also have to fit into the Marvel universe because there's mm-hmm. future storylines. I mean, there was a trailer for Avengers in it. So I think I, not spoiling that Black Panther doesn't die is not a spoiler. <laughs> to this point, has any superhero no, died? No, it, no, no. These are PG-13 films, you know. If, if you count that as a that spoiler. That's something I want to talk about, too, actually. I forgot about that. All right, go ahead. This fucking movie is PG-13, mm-hmm. and they have people getting their sl- throat slit, people getting shot in the head, people dying left and right. But then if you see a movie with a titty in it, it's fucking rated R. Our, it, our goddamn rating system is it's, fucked it, up. It's kind of bogus. Um, I, and George Carlin said it best in one of his stand-up specials. I'd, I'd rather have my young son watching a film with two people making love than two people trying to kill one another. Yeah. It, it, it calls into mind what exactly, what counts as good and poor taste. What, what's what's really better here? Who, who what, is, what is that company the that rates... Uh, FCC, FCC, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, why are they so anti-sex but so pro-killing? Doesn't it, make sense. It, it does. Uh, we kind of need it, a culture does, change in that aspect. Yes, we do. You know, I. It's a bunch of shit we're learning in physical ed anyway. Right. They're gonna learn eventually. Not that I. Not that I want this movie to be rated R <laughs> at all. But. Uh, and for and for the record, the throat slit had no blood. So that's true. They they, they kind of chickened out I did on notice, that. But, I did notice that mm-hmm. because I was uh, watching after. Whereas it. if it was a Tarantino movie or something, it it would spew like a fountain for ten seconds. Yeah, I'm just over. I'm I'm over ten Tarantino movies. I've never really liked them. I this I know you've uh, been on a record uh, this many <laughs> times. We'll just have to agree to disagree on this. That's uh, that's one of my idols as a uh, aspiring filmmaker. Well, yeah, to each their own. <laughs> oh, speaking of side topic, I had a dream about you the other day. Oh, yeah, actually, as in last night. I want to hear this. I dreamt about a movie we were making for, mm-hmm. for a forty-hour film project. We've done well, you know, what was seventy or eighty-nine hours? Eighty-nine hour for eighty-nine X. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the station is still going, but their American operations have ceased. So goodbye, eighty-nine hour film competition, which is too bad because that was a damn good time. Yeah. But continue. Um, but yeah. So we were doing a competition, and it was a very brief dream, but it was about the next film we were doing it for it, and it was a war movie, but it was just car- just centered around these two war soldiers like escaping in a canoe going down a river. And we were filming it at Heinz, like in the river, the Rouge River on Heinz. We could do that right now. You, I, I know. Dro- <laughs> drove past Heinz on my way here. Oh, it's it's a lake, man. So. Write that script tonight, and let's go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis and Clark meets uh, Saving Private Ryan. It could be a pretty easy... It, I think it was because I watched Dunkirk not too long ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It had the vibe of like not very much character input, just like everyone being scared the very, whole time. Very like primal survival kind of thing yeah, like in the vein of Dunkirk. Trying to, trying to go down this this river unnoticed. And like and like they had helmets on and stuff. I don't know. You're you're starting to bring Apocalypse Now to mind. You ever seen Apocalypse I've Now? I've only seen a part of it, but not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. Is they're going down this river, and as they're uh, descending down this river to catch Marlon Brando, they are descending greater and greater into madness. And uh, oh, oh. That, that's a, that's yeah, a, it's the the river becomes a a metaphor in this. Uh, Who did that movie? Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. Yeah. Great flick. Like, I need to. But, I need to see that. I mean, I don't know. I'm but here's hoping Heinz Heinz Park stays flooded for a while, and we can do this. Yeah, <laughs> just do it in Heinz Park. <laughs> uh, 
Mm-hmm. All right. So, anything else you want to talk about with uh, uh, Black Panther? Just go see it. Go see for, it. For me, it, it's I give it at least a nine out of ten. Second best MCU film to date for me after Guardians, and just what an accomplishment for them. Um, they talked openly about the pressures they felt to to make a great film on behalf of black people around the world, and they nailed it. They proved that a film can be unequivocally and proudly black and not only yeah. be a terrific film, but make a lot of money. So I would think we'll be seeing uh, another Black Panther film and just more films in this vein, and it's it, it's it's an aspiring, aspiring accomplishment. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything John said. I, my only docs are that it is a superhero movie, and you're you kind of jaded you with have, that. You have seen this movie before, just without, you know, such a significant cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. It was it was, was maybe kind of long. They could have shaved ten minutes off, but that's that's really the only complaint that comes to mind for me. Yeah, I had no issue with the time. Just the some some character flaws at the end, I think, um, but. In terms of superhero movies, even after seeing all of them, it was still enjoyable. That's not an easy thing to say with my view of superhero movies right now. Yeah, for you to say that, that speaks of all things about the film itself. Exactly. Okay, so um, we're kind of uh, out of stuff to talk about for this topic, but uh, I did watch the new Netflix show, Netflix original show called Everything Sucks. Uh, have you heard about it? I've heard about this. This is basically um, a, a 90s nostalgia show for yes, Netflix. Yes, it is. So, okay. it feels a lot like Stranger Things, but less mm. sci-fi and a lot less good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very that, obvious. That that's a tough That's a tough level to match. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean it like that as in it's like a, a story about a group of uh kids one's a girl three are boys you know and then there's Mm -hmm. there's other there's other actors and stuff and important people but uh it's just about them going through school in the 90s and it's very obvious without i'm not gonna spoil anything but it's very obvious that it's made for people who kind of have nostalgia about the 90s but they don't do it that well they, are they basically just trying to cash in on the uh, the Stranger Things goodwill and trying to capture the essence and the vibe in a very cheap and uh, overt manner? Oh yeah, mm. that's exactly the point. Like there are there are scenes that have nothing to do with the plot points that are going on that are just completely incidental and they they linger for too long. Right, like they'll be like, "Ooh, what does that guy do? Just eat a bunch of sour warheads." Like just like things that just, just don't to, make just, sense. They had to get a sour warheads mention in there, which to be fair, you know, that's that's a, a fond memory of my childhood is, yeah. you know, eating seven of those on the playground to try to prove what a badass I was. But you have to do it more subtly than that. Right. Than, like I mean, I don't maybe I don't know if Stranger Things does it because that's more of the eighties and I'm mm-hmm. not a part of that. So but, here's uh, a, so here's the thing. Um like I I just when I was looking up stuff on Everything Sucks and uh, the consensus seems to be kind of in line with you, you know, decent but nothing special. And yeah. they they said Netflix and really entertainment as a whole needs to stop with the whole nostalgia thing. And I think that's I think that's kind of bullshit because 
that people have been in in the fine arts. People have been romancing the past forever. Oh, yeah. it, it, it goes back to American graffiti and happy days. You know, fondly recalling the fifties and whatnot. Well, 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 you know what? We've had that. We've we've been through that. And you know, I grew up in the nineties, uh, and I was born in eighty nine. I came of age in the nineties, and I am pretty excited that the, that the 90s is reaching its novelty phase to where we can celebrate the decade that was the good right. the bad all of it i i want to see that brought to life it just i wish I, i'm still gonna watch everything it's everything sucks um at some point just because of my interest in the decade and wanting to see it brought to life but i, I say no continue with the nostalgia and continue um trying to capture the essence of a time and place and, and bring that to life. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. This is what I will say about Everything Sucks for you. Um, it starts off, I feel like it starts off a lot worse than how it ends. It ends mm-hmm. pretty, like it, in terms of the plot and the way it's written and story, it ends pretty satisfying for the first season. Like I I would I would say it's a good show. Not, it's not a bad show. It's a good show. It's just not a great show. Okay. Um, but just don't give up after like the first episode. Like, there's some characters that it just takes a long time for you to buy. Mm. A, sh- a show like that really can't afford to. Well, it would be worse if it were. We kind of had this discussion last time I was on. It'd be worse if it was like an HBO or Showtime show to where you have to wait week to week for every episode. Yeah. And yeah. and net Netflix has the advantage of if we don't knock it out of the park. I'm, well, knock it out of the park with the pilot quote-unquote it's not even a pilot in the traditional sense right um people can just I mean, go you got no, you well, got three seconds yeah. to turn it off before it starts exactly. playing again <laughs> y- y- you know what well whatever i got nothing better to do I, you know i don't have to work tomorrow i might as well watch episode two and then maybe right. episode two gets you so that's netflix has that advantage but it still is in your best interest to um like stranger things episode one that hooked me from the start yeah yeah you know i i'm like Okay, I want to watch four more episodes tonight. Right. So and Stranger that, Things is you can just tell what kind of a level Stranger Things is things is on compared to this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this is a more of a cute show, and um, I mean, I really like the rom- There's like a romance that brews between like the parents, and I really like that aspect of it. And you you, good, you will like it. It's a good subplot. One See, of the main character is a wants to make movies so i dig that and um but it's about being in high school in the 90s it's which about like i an, wasn't so i've i you know, you're saying i'm just waiting for that 2000 show to come out come on give me that yeah <laughs> maybe we'll make it they probably they, already have been but. yeah yeah I, the, the, that'll reach its novelty phase eventually and i am excited for that but i mean i will probably watch this so it's it's about like the av club you yeah, know the, the people yeah. who you know av and then the drama club like they're right. It's a great premise. It's a terrific premise. I like that. Um, does it deliver on it? I, you, you, you sound. Um, it does. I, it does. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. like there's certain things like it could have been better. There's super obvious callbacks to, that are just there to like point out that mm-hmm. it's from the 90s. Like, like uh, you'll notice every single logo mm-hmm. is facing towards the camera on all the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I mean, I guess that's fine. It's not super obvious, but there are. You'll notice also really obvious things. But shit like that needs to be seamless and done in a way where it's not over the top. It doesn't take you out of the out of the the, the visual experience. Yeah, I mean the, the music's all music '90s like music that's good, like rock music basically. Like Tori Amos is a big in it. Um, 
and my favorite song by Tori Amos. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's is, it. is it Flower Girl? Uh, no, Cornflake Girl. Cornflake Girl. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the the indie, the alternative, the '90s was the golden yeah. age of that scene. So there's that's Oasis. There's you know, of course, Wonder Walls in it and whatnot. Um, obligatory, totally obligatory. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's gonna feel like something you've seen before. If it's done well enough, I don't care. I, 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 I don't mind well. rehashing the same thing over and over if it's uh, if it's done well. I will watch it eventually. I'm kind I'm kind of caught up in Shameless right now. Um, I'm watching that. Never watch Shameless. It's it toes the line between something I'd, I'd watch and something I wouldn't. It has just enough of the the serial serial drama quality to where it's not episodic. It builds and builds. Uh-huh. Um, there's just enough of that, but the characterization is great. Um, it's it's hard for me to see where it's going, but I'm I'm definitely caught up in it right now, and I'm liking it, but. Um, you, it, it definitely is not in the same vein as like a, a Game of Thrones or The Wire or something like that. But I, I'm oh god, I gotta I gotta finish The Wire. You have to finish The Wire. I Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. That's uh, that's where he started to cut he's his chops. He's in the first season of The Wire. Uh, the Wallace. Fuck? And, and on I that, watched no, the first season. I don't remember him in it at all. Wallace. Um, Who's it, Wallace? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil shit from The Wire. Fear number three. Power. The president grabbed me. Oh, God damn it. I feel a little bit too happy right now to start talking about this subject. I'm with you on that, but this you know why, what? This is why I wanted to switch it to number one. What is this, Nick? Um, um, split 648 or something like that? Yep, my 48th time we can't. We can't stop now, however much it pisses, it, pisses us off. The, the template has been set. Politics it is. Let's, uh, let's just do this, but I should probably finish my beer, too. Uh, well, I'm pouring this one. All right, everybody, be ready for... Um, progressively more anger coming from me because uh i've been pretty upset and i've been oh let me get this out oh it was hiding i'm we got my got a new setup in here new table it is improved a beer keep it cold uh john couldn't see it i had to pull it out thank you thank you that's uh sometimes adult supervision is required (laughs) well done i'm not even drunk yet (sighs) There you go, Nick. We just saved okay, a minute. Okay, ready to sober up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a uh, new thing I'm doing, so this will help us a little bit, is uh, we're going to start this segment every week by reading the last couple of Donald Trump tweets <laughs> and just analyzing them and probably laughing at them because it's Yeah, on this note, let me, uh, let me find this article I was reading about this. Okay, let's see. There are some good ones back here. Let's see. Uh, well, he's been tweeting a lot because apparently he's been at Mar-a-Lago, and you know they told him not to golf because it was it would like, look bad. Uh, like a, less than fifty miles away from where there was a school shooting, and so instead he decided to do what he normally does and watch, uh, Fox News and echo chamber all the talking points. He already wants to be echo chambered. Okay, so there's so many. I like, dude, you might as well have golfed as opposed to putting all this stupid shit on Twitter. Okay, so this is a combined tweet, one of his new tweets 10 hours ago. A woman I don't know and, to the best of my knowledge, never met is on the front page of the fake news Washington Post saying I kissed her for two minutes yet in the lobby of Trump Tower 12 years ago. 
Never happened. Who would do this in a public space with live security cameras running? Another false accusation. Why doesn't Washington Post report this story of the woman taking money to make up stories about me? One of her, or one had her home mortgage paid off. Only Fox News so reported. Doesn't fit the mainstream media narrative. Well, Donald, uh, what do you think about that one, John? That's, um... Pretty stupid. Like I said, you're better off golfing than than just <laughs> taking to Twitter to pour your mind out for where all where all of us can see it and dissect it and fact check it and prove you to just be completely um, out of your depth. Here, here's another one I just found 11 hours ago. It's mm-hmm. completely hilarious. I have been much tougher on Russia than Obama. Just look at the facts. Total fake news. Is there anything of substance there, or is it just... Um... Well, there is substance here, John, because uh, the Senate voted overwhelmingly. I think only like like less than 10 people abstained from voting to put sanctions on Russia. Yet, the president, Donald Trump, did not impose those sanctions because, I don't know, they probably have dirt on him. Probably, to get one last dig it entertainment here because i was re-watching this over the weekend uh a great uh comedy special freedom by the australian comedian jim jeffries and he basically says just a whole part of trump's shtick is saying really basic shit that uh, unfortunately a very large demographic of the american people can be like you know what i got every word in that sentence this guy's a straight talker <laughs> and all the while not dissecting what's actually being said and seeing if there's any truth to um what he's spewing here um okay. so you're actually you're actually on his tw- do you follow him on twitter oh yes i probably should just for the sake of i mean yeah i didn't for a while but i was like okay i can't miss out on, mm-hmm. on just, this just gold see, comedy just to see <laughs> okay so here's a new here's another one uh from february 18th i never said russia did not meddle in the election i said it may be russia or china or another country or group. Or oh, maybe a 400-pound genius sitting in bed and playing with his computer. The Russian hoax was that Trump campaign colluded with, Kalusha, or colluded with Russia. It never I, did. I, I was reading a, p- a piece, Washington Post, actually. Um, they, di- they did, you know, the, they uh, collected the nine tweets he made over President's Day weekend, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, and him just... Which he also in, misspelled President's Day, yes, I believe. In the most defiantly unpresidential way ever, yes. Uh, and they basically destroy it, fact-checking Trump's air-filled tweet storm about the Russia investigation. And basically, yeah, he did say all that shit. He claimed he didn't. Yep. And, and I do think they have, they have a tweet... Um, Oh, trust yes. me, I got a shit ton to say about that. Mm-hmm. According to the fact checkers database of Trump claims Trump in his first year as president than forty four more ti- than forty four more times denounced the Russian probes a hoax or witch hunt perpetuated by Democrats. In the words of our uh, esteemed commander in chief, the Russian hoax continues. Now it's ads on Facebook. What about the totally biased and dishonest media coverage in favor of crooked Hillary? Yeah, I mean Trump has done this exact same thing before. For the better part of two years now. Oh, just like just like with the birther thing with um, Obama, he was the one that initially called out and helped call out Obama from saying like, "Yeah, you were born in Kenya," but then later in the campaign trail, he said, "I was not the one that started the birther tweets. I ended it." Like, no, no, 
No, you didn't. No, you, <laughs> you didn't do either of those things. Well, you did do one of them. You didn't. Do, you did not end it. I don't know why. I think he, his birth he, certificate ended it. You are so you are so far past the point of no return. You can you can pose for as many awkward pictures with Barack as you want, but you know it, it's not gonna you know. Pre- oh, whoops. No, I'll let's go. not take out the mic here, but it's not gonna you know wash the fact that you clearly started that bogus witch hunt. All right, so a little context before this next tweet. As everyone knows that is listening to this, and if you don't know, get off from under your rock. Uh, there was a shooting in Parkland, Florida, that took the lives of 17 people at a high school there. Yes. Uh, I know, I, I'll find the name for you in a second, but this this tweet uh, reflects that from Donald J. Trump on Twitter at Real Donald Trump. Very sad the FBI missed all of the many signals sent out by a Florida school shooter. This is not acceptable. They are spending too much time trying to prove Russia collusion with the Trump campaign. There is no conclusion. Get back to the basis, basics and make us all proud. Okay. So, you mean to tell me that, our, assuming that this is a true tweet by President Trump, which it is, that he thinks <laughs> that the FBI is too busy investigating him that they don't have a division that is taking tips from Florida and different operatives out in the field in Florida to go and investigate this. And that he thinks that they are just too busy with Robert Mueller's investigation, even though there are thousands of FBI employees. You'd think he'd be more on, have his finger on the pulse of what exactly the FBI is doing. Um, and in, in, in a time like this and the wake of such a tragedy, you look to your president, you look to your leader for leadership and to say the things necessary to put this behind us and learn the lessons, not finger point, not bring to light um, any, any battles he's in, in, um, currently embroiled in. Um, bringing up the Russian the Russia shit what are you even talking about how's that how's that in any way relevant it's to not. what's happening in this country right now it's and, not relevant and, and, and by the way that's Marjorie well I mean it's super relevant yeah. but not to this particular yeah. shooting and that's it's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School uh, mm-hmm. Parkland near Fort Lauderdale um, sincerest condolences to everyone down there just what uh, I can't even imagine what they're going through yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's been something we've had to imagine over and over mm-hmm. again. And I don't know. There's something needs to be done. Uh, on this podcast specifically, I've been someone who's been uh, pro-gun. Not, I don't, like, I'm not saying like they don't need to have guns or we, we shouldn't be allowed to have guns. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm that's saying. Not, it's not something I'm saying now. That's not what, I feel like that's not what any sensible person is saying. We're not talking about taking away all guns. Yeah. We're talking about the second, the second amendment um, is, is a good idea. And that's the reason why it's the second amendment to the constitution. But here's the thing. Um, the second amendment was written at a time when we were firing muskets. Muskets, which yep. took over 60 seconds to load. Muskets where you could be standing five feet away from one and miss. Just not mm. going it's completely off the topic of firepower. You could be standing, you know, you could you see the whites of their eyes and still miss. Laws, yeah. laws, laws evolve. At, times change and laws should evolve with them. On that topic, I said something the last time I, I was on. Um, I, said, I said America has always had... Uh, good intentions 
which I don't believe. It shows the wrong words. But here's the thing. Um, so America was built on good ideas, good principles, but unfortunately that only extended to if you were a white man for, yeah. or a white man who owned property. Man. But you know, so amendments were made to our constitution subsequently that gave black people the right to vote, that gave black people protection in the wake of years and years of slavery, that gave women the right to vote. So our laws evolved and changed. This is is this needs to be the case for gun safety as much as it is equality. Yeah, and um, so the question is, what do we do about this? I, I'd be lying if I, honestly, I'd be lying if I said I have, I have any solutions. But I still struggle to, I still struggle to wonder why anyone needs an AR-15. No, the thing is, they don't. An AR-15 is an assault rifle that is meant to kill large amounts of people, mm-hmm. and it is not needed for self-defense. A handgun is one thing. A handgun is one thing, but an assault rifle, I, I, I do struggle to see the um, the usefulness here. Now, I did I did see something on Facebook. Um, uh, a gentleman who, uh, I, I, would, I would guess, uh, a different political ideology than me, a different worldview than I, but he, he, he wrote, a ni- he wrote a, a, an eloquent, well-put post about his son and his AR-15 and um, how responsible he is, how he, he, he doesn't worry about his son or anything. And I'm reading this the whole time, and I think, okay, sir, you're, you're clearly an upstanding member of society. Um, Maybe we differ on political things, but whatever. You know, you you strike me as the as the kind of individual you and your son who, if we had stricter gun laws, if we had more intensive background checks, you know, what? you and your son would probably still check out, and you could probably still have your guns. So, yeah, but, why does this need to become an why issue? Does, why does what is? I mean, I don't not. I didn't read what you you read, but like, what benefit does him having this AR fifteen have for him? I, it, like, it, did it save yeah, his it, life or something? No, it's it's something he likes to have, and you know maybe the AR-15 is not necessary. But you know, he still strikes me as the kind of people who you know if they wanted to get a different gun, they would probably still check out with greater background checks and more intensity. You know what some people yeah. like to have? Fucking child pornography. Doesn't mean we let them have it. Exactly. You know, we don't have to have something that's dangerous to a society like mm-hmm. AR-15s and like child pornography. Those are things we do not need. Like I mean, I'm not, and I'm, not. I'm, I'm pro, and I'm pro gun. I'm like, I don't want it to be like mm-hmm. anti gun. Like take away them all. Like everyone that immediately starts talking about gun control jumps to. You do not need to do that because we're America, and we even though other countries in the world have mm-hmm. strict, super strict anti gun laws that aren't there, we are not the same thing as like I, Japan. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, no, I, I'm not convinced. N- neither Nick or I is saying take them all away, but the. the this is a serious problem. It is a greater issue here than anywhere in the world. There is no country comparable to America that is faced with this kind of crisis right. that, that, that we are at this time. And this shooter that we will not name because we do not want to give him any kind of infamy, any, any kind of yeah infamy, uh, he tried to buy a handgun. It couldn't because there are age-restricted laws in uh florida to buying handguns but you know what there isn't to buying assault fucking rifles how does that make sense it doesn't it, it, no one i mean i posted a facebook status about that i mean i posted one that got a lot of traction but one about that and like two people liked it no one commented on it because it doesn't make sense they would have commented on it if it makes sense mm-hmm. all all i know is and, and i my i myself I, I the second amendment is a good idea it, it's 
I understand why people get so defensive about it. And as sad as it is, if anything were to ever spark a second civil war in this country, it would be if gun laws got too restrictive. Because unfortunately, there is just such a large percentage of the population. Take away my guns. That's cause for war, son. Well, yeah. There would never be a second civil war because our military is too strong and too united. Fair enough. It's, it's, and and, and it's thank God. And thank God, because uh, we, we don't need that. But War um, as we know it is over for any country that has a nuclear weapon. Truly believe that. We will never see a war on American soil unless the world gets destroyed or on Russian soil unless the world gets destroyed. There will be proxy wars like they are in Syria right mm-hmm. now where they're fighting for each other's interests, but no one's going to use a nuclear bomb because mutual assured self-destruction. Mm. We've talked about thousands of times on this podcast. But get, bringing it back down to this issue i've seen a lot of people suggesting some sort so let me just let me just tell you some of these suggestions Ideas. they've been to to uh cure gun control or not to stop mass shootings sorry getting a little bit too vanilla java ported if you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> um so one of them i've seen that i posted about that i got very frustrated by because it just does it's not a logical answer is to arm the teachers with guns. And there is even a proposal in Kentucky to allow this to happen, to allow teachers to bring guns to school and if they're licensed and keep them in a lockbox, like somewhere near the office or something. Here's the thing. Uh, I know teachers that have actually posted about this on Facebook. One of them just flat out said she would quit. She said she'd quit if that became one of her responsibilities. Because you know what? That shouldn't be one of their responsibilities the only responsibility of our teachers is to foster and grow the minds of tomorrow and protecting children to that extent that you know it's not on them to do that it's on the government right well this particular law is not like a requirement it's a provision where you're allowed to if you feel if you want to i i I mean if, if someone's got a concealed carry permit fine whatever you know but for it to be a responsibility for that of the teachers, yeah, impl- implemented that that you can't ask anyone to do that. But here's a here's a thing though: even if this is allowed, there's going to have to be a system put in check, a lockbox put in check. Like they're not going to be able to. I mean, you, there's mm-hmm. no way you can let a teacher carry this on their on their person. There are kids. There are thirty kids per classroom sometimes because we do not pay our teachers. We do not fund our education system properly but we're gonna yet fund a a safeguarding system to check all this stuff and make sure that everything's being worked you're gonna have to give psych evals to to teachers who are carrying guns because you know people on the other side are normally saying this is a mental health situation well that's going to extend towards the teachers that are going to be carrying these guns so you're gonna have to pay for that some other time you're not even want to pay teachers sometimes more than thirty thousand dollars an hour this is it's just very, very embarrassing that people think that this is a reliable solution. You are absolutely on to something here, Nick. You um, On the topic of priorities, something you've brought up on more, more than one occasion tonight, a lot of people have tried to, and I don't, I, even the people who are on the, on the opposing side of the argument is I, I, I don't think they have malice in their hearts, just misguided priorities. And people are talking about, um, this as a result of we stopped disciplining our children. We took God out of our schools. What did you think was going to happen? That is basically their angle with this. 
I don't think that that's not that's not at all the, the the reason for this. What it is is all the things you just brought up: underpaying our teachers, yeah. too large of classrooms, uh, the the genuine the the general plight of public education in this mm-hmm. country. Things that taxpayers sound reluctant to pay for, as opposed to well, give them all guns, right. <laughs> There's the problem right there. I mean, yeah, I always have repeatedly said over and over again, the, this country would be, a lot of our problems would be solved that we paid teachers and cops more because we get better of both of them and there'd be less police shootings and better children coming out of high school, you know? I mean, it's, it's almost... Simple solution. Just it's almost where does like that money sh- come from? And that's why we don't do it. It's almost like we should be concerned with grooming the minds of tomorrow and encouraging them to succeed where past generations have failed and bring us into a bigger and better future. But so many people just are not willing to pay for it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm as I'm equally as flummoxed as you. So um, I posted a status on Facebook the other day, basically everything I just said about how silly it is to have teachers bring guns and a lot of people responded to it and here's one of them i want to specifically shout out my uh my dad's friend larry toth toth whatever the fuck you say your last name (laughs) um he said schools should have the same security as airports and courthouses quit spending billions of dollars on illegal immigrants there's the money america there's the money american children first moron uh so larry Fuck you. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about, first of all. Uh, you really want, you want schools get- to have the same security as airports. <laughs> I can't imagine how much that would cost to have machines that you have to go into, stand up, put your hands above your head, and it radars you, make sure you're carrying anything. It's not and there's, necessary. There's, there's like six different <laughs> uh, NSA or TSA agents that check you. Uh, I mean, even if you mean just a... Uh, metal detector. Like you, you just don't understand how much money this, this is. guy. This guy. What, what are we are, spending on illegal immigrants? These guys in Trump are cut cut from the same cloth. And what what we should be talking about protecting our children. We should be talking about bettering the school system. And Trump's trying to talk about Russia. This guy is trying to talk about illegal immigration. Uh, yeah, and you know, stop trying to push your agenda and get on the. Um, the right side of the fucking tracks here and help us come up with a solution. Yeah. And if, I mean, and if, if you think the solution is to have mental health checks and more, more requirements like that when you're buying guns, well, you know what? Someone's got to fucking pay for that and stop trying to take away Obamacare and stop trying. I mean, like the only way to do that is if like everyone has guaranteed right to a, like a, a counselor or a, uh, fucking a shrink, you mm-hmm. know, like unless you do that, that's not a realistic solution. So, uh, banning guns, n- while I don't agree with that, is a better solution to that than what you are proposing in mental health reform if you can't provide the service for that. I mean, like you can't just make it only so, oh, make sure that rich people go and get checked, you know, because poor, poor people aren't going to be able to afford shrinks and whatnot exactly it's not from a socioeconomic standpoint it's you have to look at 
everyone in their position within society and that those laws are just not going to people people will slip through the cracks on the um, economically disadvantaged side and we'll we'll have a situation like this again as we have grown way too familiar with here in 2018 um you and People on the other side can talk all they want about, um, you know, well, some of those shootings on school. They happened after hours. They didn't even involve students or whatever. Bottom line, why is there this much violence and um, this much violence in the in Bottom the vicinity line, of our children? Maybe first and foremost, why is it so fucking easy to get an AR-15? Why I, I, why can you buy alcohol and not be able to buy a handgun? You know, like. Instead, I don't. I, or why, I'm sorry. Why, 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 why can you buy a handgun? And but, why, but, why but, can't but you can't drink? Why can't you buy alcohol, but you can buy an AR-15? This goes back to fucking Vietnam, man. I mean, we we had guys going over there. Um, the the average age of the the draftee, I want to say, was like 19 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my, one of my uncles went. And, and you know, today you're 19, you can't even fucking drink. I. I only in America. Only, only in America. Um, yeah, it's fucked up, and the gun issue is hopefully not going away because there are these students make forming all of these protests in all different kinds as they should well, to try to get some kind of gun control. And the thing is, everybody believes in this gun control. Like most people, what we were talking about here, most people believe in this. Mm-hmm. Like even people on the left, like they don't think you should be able to. Or I'm sorry, on the right, on the right, you, they don't think you should be able to buy AR-15s or, uh, you know, they th- they believe in more mental health evaluations about it. Mm-hmm. Like the thing is, it's not up to what everyone believes. It's up to the politicians that we elect, and the politicians that we elect, a lot of them on the right are funded by the NRA. NRA. The NRA is a very close to evil corporation that benefits every time there is a mass shooting. They are partly responsible for Trump overruling the Obama era regulation that called for more mental health restrictions to gun buyers in Florida, specifically where this happened. Like I've seen memes of people saying like people didn't blame Obama for Sandy Hook or people didn't blame blah 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 for blah, but people are blaming Trump for this. Well yeah, people are blaming blaming Trump for this because he took away those regulations. He, it, it, in a recent budget plan and his whole presidency, been trying to take away Obamacare, take a, which provides access to things like health care and an aspect of that is mental health. And, you know, the biggest tax cut in America, which we could use that money to fund stuff that you are calling for. But prevent the next Douglas High School shooting. Yeah. There's the, the answer... It's not obvious, but there are obvious things to try. And you don't want to do any of them. You just want to talk about taking away all the guns. So get your head on straight, America, and let's come up with a solution together. Because I always believe, and I always do say, the answer is somewhere in the middle. And you got to try to be able to get anything. And if anything can bring us together, Nick, wouldn't it be protecting our children? Why does this even need to, need to be a political thing? You know, protecting those who who are just, who can't defend themselves in the way us adults can. You'd think there'd be more opportunity for for seeing common ground in this time, but unfortunately, 
Trump is too preoccupied with defending his own image and pushing his own agenda. And this is this is a time when we, we, we need a genuine leader. We need someone who can bring together people on both sides because you think anyone likes to see kids gunned down in a high school? No. I, I, I have no great suggestions as to the solution here, but God damn it, it's something we need to be talking about. And... Yeah, fuck, it, fuck you, anyone that says, like, why are you talking about this? These families need a time to grieve. These students are coming out in force, and they're coming to fuck shit up, and they're going to change things, hopefully. Kudos to everyone who had the courage to go in front of the cameras and and say, it's it's not our job to protect ourselves. It's it's your job. Start doing it. Uh, it breaks your heart to see things like that. Okay, so we were close to being out of time, but... Um, the Russian indictments were. I, I just want to get to mm-hmm. this. The Russian indictments were dialed down by the uh, investigation. Um, so Russia had set up rallies even in America to influence the election. I encourage everyone here to go listen to the podcast by Radio Lab, their most recent one. Uh, and this is February 20th today. Uh, listen to that shit. Uh, basically, to sum it up, Russia had operatives in the United States contact people that were pro Trump to go out and set up rallies where they would drive a truck around with a cage in the back and put two actors that would be like Hillary and Bill Clinton in the cage. And I didn't hear about this. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I just heard about it today. It is severely fucked up. But uh, we're running out of time. So like, listen to that podcast. But the main thing is it is undeniable. Or so, so the FBI indicting these 13 Russian operatives they that that what that means is that they believe in a court of law they can prove without reasonable doubt that they influenced the election to be pro Russia and that does not just mean pro Trump it also means pro Jill Stein and pro Bernie Sanders mainly anti Hillary Clinton and anti Ted Cruz because his main roadblocks in getting to the White House right. Yeah, so <laughs> Hillary Clinton has been the subject of a bunch of what is actual fake news and Russian bots setting up all these Facebook things. Like, for example, my father, Alan, and I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, you were duped. You told me all along Hillary was going to win no matter what. You told me she was selected, not elected, and that is not true. That was Russia doing that to you. Everything, I mean, yeah, Hillary ran a terrible campaign and could have done it so much better, but she is not as evil as everyone thought. And it's, a, it, I, it, I, I just, if we could take things back to 2016, I mean, I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because I liked her. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because I believed in her or because I thought she'd make a great president. I voted for her because it was absolutely necessary. Me too. As the last over a year now has proven, it was absolutely necessary. And I'm not saying we'd be on the right track. I'm not saying, you know, we'd be that better off as a nation, but... I'm I'm not even saying that, you know, the, the shootings wouldn't have taken place. I'm saying that but we'd be better off. As a nation, we were duped by Russia, one of the most crooked and evil governments in the world. You're they, not wrong. They duped us. And they'll do it again 
because the Trump campaign is going to let them because it's good for them. But that's Sad, all the man. time we got. John, where can we follow you on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere you want to be followed? Google, uh, Facebook, John Church. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I, sh- I really should check up on uh, Donald Trump shit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, search John Church on Facebook. But uh, yeah. I, po- I post some good stuff every now and then. <laughs> follow the Split Sick Podcast at Wagella. Do it. Um, on Twitter. Uh, just follow me everywhere. You already know. Um, but thank you for splitting six with us, guys. Uh, hopefully this next week is better, but I'm sure something fucking nuts is going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> Be sure to remember that it is more important to listen to what somebody is saying to you than for somebody else to listen to what you are saying. Try to understand and try to love everyone. Later, peeps. Mike is a